0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to my first podcast. My name is Sam Jonas, and I am from Brownsville, Texas, and I'm recording from my bedroom, and it is uh, a typical Friday, and uh, it's usually early in the morning. And uh, so welcome to my first podcast, and uh, I just want to start off by saying um First off, good morning. And um, let me tell you a little bit about myself and a bit of a, about the background of what I'm going to be bringing and distributing to this channel. Um, I started off, well, I take that back. Let's do this. Let me give you a little bit of a biography about myself, uh, those of y'all who are wondering, well, who's this Sam Jonas? You know, where did Sam Jonas come from? Uh what is Sam Jonas about? Those are all the questions that everyone always wants to ask firsthand when someone just pops up out of nowhere out of the face of the earth. And um, well, simply said, um, as I said, my name is Sam Jonas. I'm from Brownsville, Texas. I was actually born Samuel Robert Brito. And um I am from Brownsville, Texas. I was actually born in Houston, but of course, I was raised in a city such as San Antonio, Houston, Austin. I'm pretty much a Texas a uh, Texan by heart actually. And <laughs> um so you you can you can always take the boy out of Texas, but you'll never take Texas out of the boy. So anyhow, um I grew up in Brownsville, Texas, most of my life, though, and um, I've been working since I was about six years old. Uh, it started on a um, on a Saturday morning. My grandfather owned a paint store, and I um, I got paid with cookies and cokes to go and help him. Uh, vacuum the store on a Saturday morning. And of course, you know, to a six-year-old, you know, cookies and Cokes was great. And then, you know, eventually, you know, on Fridays, you know, it was time to go to school. You know, he'd give me a dollar to buy ice cream, you know, for going and working with him at the store. And of course, I'd still get paid on Saturday with cookies and Coke. So... Eventually, you know, this turned into a good work ethic, and that year, his business went bankrupt when the peso devaluated, and they um, they had to close the paint store, and I um, still went to work with him. We would go and install mini blinds at customers' houses uh, out of the back of his, uh, 82 Ford Crown Victoria, I remember, you know, we would, I'd go help him unload carpet, uh, bind carpet, which is actually putting the, the tape on the outer edge of the carpet, um, lots of things, I've also done air conditioning work, so anyhow, um, one of the things that I developed was a great work ethic. So, and this work ethic actually took me into my teens. You know, I started cutting yards, uh, washing cars, and all this good stuff. So now that I've um, gotten into my teen you know, as I got into my teens, you know, I was washing cars, cutting yards, um painting bedrooms by this time and so i've i've done a lot of hard work in life and then you know by the time i was 18 i settled down i got a job at the movie theater then i went to go work for several retail companies and eventually when i was 22 i landed a job in the hotel business and of course that landed me uh, about a six-year career in the business and um I started as a front desk clerk to a shift manager eventually rising up to general manager and then you know of course I went into the call center business because the financial crisis of 2008 really crippled us and crippled a lot of the biz- a lot of the hotels because a lot of people weren't traveling so a lot of general management was losing their jobs and you know finding um finding candidates that were fresh out of college, just willing to come and work. So I went from making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to having to go back to an hourly job making, you know, a third of that. So it was just like, whoa. So then I went back to school and I was like okay let's try to pursue counseling again so I was trying to pursue being a counselor because I noticed I had this gift with many freshmen at this point and by this time I'm already about 29 years old and many of the freshmen were looking up to me and they were like you know what do you know about this what do you know about that and So counseling was really something I wanted to do. And it really interested me because counseling was a way for me to help someone. It was a way for me to, you know, be able to tell someone, hey, look, you know, I see you're doing this. This is a great way to do it. But it's actually, you know, better to kind of maybe take this approach on it. And some people were like, are you sure? I'm like, you know what? Maybe this approach that you're thinking of is right. So, you know, then I had to go back and use the ver- the reverse psychology method. And then they were like, okay, well, let's go with my approach first. You know, and that of course, that was their approach. And... I would, you know, encourage people to scrape their knees and stuff because, you know, everyone had to learn a hard lesson. So this took me into my 30s now. And at that time, the University of Texas at Brownsville was merged with the te- with uh, Texas Southmost College. And there was a divorce going on. And then my grandfather, by this time, was already in his early 70s. And he had... Um, had to have open heart surgery so this was around the semester that i had to kind of step up step up to the plate take over the family business and you know now go do a lot of the manual labor because even though he had opened the retail business again and then closed the retail business he was still doing the area rug portion of the business And even though, you know, I can sit back and say that, oh, you know, my life has just gone in the wrong direction. I won't sit back and say that I regret one second of any decision I've made in life about my grandparents or helping my grandfather. So as I got into my 30s, you know, of course... I um I got out of college I said you know what screw it you know it's time to go do something else okay and I um I got into the call center business and it seemed to be a good business for a while and you know while well, call centers are great, okay, it, it, it it's a great career, but is it something that I wanted to do long-term? With the right company, yes, it was something I wanted to do long-term. Um, I did work for a company that took calls for Medicare, okay, and I'm not going to mention what company it was. And then, of course, I got sick. And basically, what's happened now is that... let's come to present day. I got sick in June of 2017. I was having panic attacks. I was having anxiety attacks. I was having nervous breakdowns it was like getting to a point where i was just like getting stressed out about going to work and i was like you know i'm not having i'm not doing well at work i'm getting sick just going to work i'm coming home i was putting my head in the pillow i was crying i was taking my medications, you know, my, my psychotropic medications, just to keep myself numb at night, you know, I'd wake up, I'd go have breakfast, I mean, I was just literally keeping myself fed, I was keeping myself medicated, and I was keeping myself hydrated, just so I didn't have to feel anything, and this job made me sick. And, you know, most of the calls were, we ha- I had elderly people calling in because they had all these medical concerns. You know, I had their children calling in because mom and dad were dying or mom had cancer and needed a wig and just various items. And I just remembered... The night before I went on leave, I had the worst night. And I just remember that I left work crying. And now that I think about it, it was just like, You know, that night was, like, one of the nights that, like, I really thought to myself, like, do I really want to do this forever? So, now that I, um, I got, you know, that I had gone on leave, you know, I figured, okay, you know, take some time off of work, you know, get your mind back in order, you know, go and... You know, just relax at the beach, you know, and get, you know, get your, get your, get your uh, placebo back in order, your testosterone, you know, get all your hormones back in order, go back to work, you'll be fine. Well, one thing led to another and led to another and led to another. And eventually the company lets me go while I'm on leave. So, I'm just like, you know, really, you all let me go while I'm on leave? I, dic- I disclose with y'all that I have a disability because, yes, I do have bipolar disorder. Yes, I do suffer from adult attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yes, I do suffer from panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and, um... Depression. You know, I also have high blood pressure and uh, chronic kidney disease. And I disclosed that with the employer. So when I tried to appeal them saying that I never gave a return to work date, and of course I've got all the evidence where I tried to reach out to them, they were like, well, we're not going to offer you any type of a settlement and all that stuff. So I just said, okay, you know, well, nice knowing you and good luck. I'll tell, ta- you know, I'll take this up another way. So anyhow, so that's why I'm here today because I'm not here to bash my former company. I'm not here because I'm trying to, you know, make money or anything like that. I'm here because I have a lot of ideas. And, you know, one of the things that was brought to my attention the other day was outlooks on life. And one of the outlooks on life is some people have been asking me lately, you know, Sam, my son is not doing this. My daughter's not doing that. And I I asked this friend of mine, I said, okay, your son's not doing this. Why? And the first answer that came out of my friend's mouth was, well, because, you know, I get him this and I get him that, and, you know, that's all that they do all day. I said, okay, hold on a second. So... You just answered a big question. Okay? So, you just answered your biggest question. I. Okay? And see, you know, if you've been watching the news over the last six years, let's start off with that Sandy Hook shooting. Okay? With Adam Lanza. Okay? Let's go back and look at the parents. What caused Adam Lanza to get to where he got to? To the point where he just walked into school and just opened fire on all these kids, stud- uh, all these students and teachers. Who needs to take accountability? One, it always starts at home with the parents. It's not society, okay? You need to start with the parents. Now, let's go, let's look at serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer, for instance, okay? Now, recently I saw the movie Dahmer, uh, starring Ross Lynch. If you haven't had a chance to see the movie, I, I really suggest you watch it. Now, it is kind of a bit of a boring movie but it kind of gives you an insight of what Jeff was going through before he actually became that serial killer you know just some of his behavioral changes and his actions to me Jeff Dahmer was more of he was more of a pet of a killer, and i'm and the reason why I'm going to say a pediciller was he was a pedophile and he was a killer, so we're going to call him a pediiller now, Jeff Dahmer takes full responsibility for all his actions because Lionel Dahmer, his father, has said we gave Jeff everything we he needed. We educated Jeff with every possible. Uh, educational opportunity we could give him. So therefore, Jeff Jeff Dahmer, before he passed away, if you ever get a chance to watch on Oxygen, Dahmer on Dahmer, and they do show this with Nancy Glass from time to time, Jeff says he takes full responsibility for what he did. Society did not make him the way he was. It was his opportunity own desire and his own doing. But the thing is is that let's go and look at this other situation now. So I have this I have this situation right now going on where this friend of mine is telling me okay you know my daughter Is 15 years old and she's going out with guys three times a week. Well, why is she going out with guys three times a week? She's 15 years old. And that was the first thing I asked the mother. And the mother tells me well, it's because, you know, when I was 15 years old, I was going across to Matamoros, which, by the way, Matamoros is the sister city of Brownsville, Texas, on the Mexican side in the in the Mexican state of Tamaulipas. And, of course, the drinking age in Matamoros is 16. So you can go with like 3 or $4 to Matamoros, Get drunk on during the week at 16. Now, did I do that as a young kid? Of course. Okay. Any young, any of us did that on any given day of the week. But the problem is, is that it's getting so out of hand now that like, you know, with all these, you know... Nintendo games and podcasts, I'm sorry, not podcasts, but, you know, social media and stuff, nobody wants to do anything. So, she went up to her daughter and that asked the daughter to do her laundry. And the daughter's like, Mom, I don't know how to do laundry. And she was like, well, you're 15, haven't I taught you anything? And she was like, "No, but I gotta go. My my girlfriends are waiting for me." So the mother goes to the front door and slaps her in front of all her friends. Well, first of all, I mean that's just not appropriate parenting, and second of all, that's just not appropriate behavior for a fifteen-year-old. Okay, I know that by the time I was twelve, I was already washing my own laundry. I was already driving a car. I was already cutting the grass on Saturday mornings without having to be told. Of course, I grew up in a very different generation. But anyhow, that's just one thing that happens is that, you know, kids today are not taking what we're doing for them. You know, they're not being very appreciative. So... I guess today I'm going to go ahead and end this broadcast with um, a little bit more about what the channel is going to be about. So on my next on my next broadcast, I will be recording them. They're going to be coming on every Friday, and um, on the next broadcast, I'm going to be talking about a 22-year-old who is still living at home, not going to school, has a job, and um, refuses to do anything and what my solution is going to be for that and um, we'll talk about that next week on the podcast but until then this is Sam Jonas and of course I do have a YouTube channel and I ask that y'all please subscribe Uh, I am Sam Jonas on YouTube my videos are a little more funnier Uh, When you see me in front of the camera, of course, when I'm here behind the mic, it is a little more serious and a little more down to earth. I'm a little more, as we say in Spanish, tranquilo or tranquil. So things tend to be a little, I I shouldn't say a little more, but very uh, much more serious on this side of the camera than... Or I shouldn't sound this side of the camera, but they tend to be a little more serious on this side than they are when I'm in front of the camera. So I just want to take a minute to say um, I want to thank everybody so much for coming by today and listening to my podcast. Again, uh, they are broadcasted every Friday, and um, I will be inviting special guests from time to time uh, next week. Uh, I will be recording um, inside the barbershop where I um, normally cut my hair. Of course, you know, I am a barber in training as well myself right now. And uh, that barbershop is where I will also be working once I um, finish my uh, schooling. And I'm also very grateful to my best friend, Chino, who is that barber, Um For, you know, always, you know, just being there and being a good friend. And by the way, and for all my Brownsville, Texas listeners, uh, I know um, those of y'all who are listening, please do not forget to go by Chino's Barbershop at 1200 Central Boulevard, Suite A2 in Brownsville, Texas, and you can give them a call at Area code 956-465-6435. Let them know that you heard this on the podcast by Sam Jonas. And um, that way you can... um, That way, you know, we'll know that this podcast is getting out there. But until then, it's been fun and... I hope to hear from y'all next week. Also, if y'all have any questions you'd like to ask me, uh, please uh, send them through my voice message. Thank you, and y'all have a great, great week.